Welcome to the Art of Adventure podcast. I'm your host, Mac Tegg. I'm an illustrator, and I created this podcast to get to know other artists who are creating fantasy and sci-fi artwork. Joining me today is Perplexing Ruins. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. To start off, let me ask, how old are you, and when did you first get into uh, the fantasy genre? Uh, I'm 37, and uh, I guess like most people, when you're a kid, you know, I don't know, reading fantasy books and stuff, um, I'm pretty new to this whole scene, in fact. You know, I guess when I was a kid, like a lot of people <laughs> grew up in my time, I played Magic hmm. quite a bit. That was probably my main thing, uh, and some of the Final Fantasy games on Super Nintendo, uh, but... Um, and then I kind of fell off for a long, long time. I didn't play computer games or any of that. I didn't read novels about fantasy novels or anything. Yeah, I'm actually exactly yeah. the same, pretty much. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Um, it seems to be a lot of people maybe found the pandemic was a good impetus to tap into some of their old interests or things like that. Definitely. Um, yeah, I think being able to play yeah. like, games online, uh, like tabletop RPG games with people like over Discord has really, uh, like, reminded people like just how fun it is. <laughs> yeah, I you know I've never once played with another person. Really? <laughs> so, um, you mean I've never experienced that? Um, like in person or on online or anything? Either I've never played a role playing game with another individual. Oh ever. wow! Well, I so, play with you happily anytime. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Um, you know, it's interesting. I um, I guess basically what happened was I was just kind of hanging around making a bunch of paintings of my own and doing my own thing. And then I'm not sure what sparked it, but I thought to look into D&D. I guess I'm a curious person, and I just, oh, I wonder what's going on. And it didn't appeal to me, <laughs> really. <laughs> um, but then I started finding, like, um, so I guess I got into like print and play board games first. There's a huge cool scene of people doing wicked cool stuff like card games, mini board games, mm -hmm. and then and then from there I kind of segued into like playing aspects of that. And then um, so for me I kind of had more of a board game component I guess initially, mm -hmm. and then I started seeing people doing solo stuff like. And then I really nerded out and just looked at a ton of videos and researched, read a ton of Reddit stuff <laughs> and became pretty quickly obsessed. Um, and probably not even so much by gaming as the creativity of it all. Because I, um, I had always known of like D&D &D and then boom, all of a sudden you realize there's thousands of like awesome pieces of non-D&D &D art and pamphlets and zines and trifolds of people who don't even mention Dungeons and Dragons or any of that stuff, you know, and it blew my mind. And I've always been attracted to that kind of thing, that sort of scene-based stuff and DIY, so. Is Reddit how you got what involved I started doing. with the uh, OSR community? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I just was looking for people writing about it and, Reddit was really accessible because people were communicating and being polite and nice. And and I, like I said, I just couldn't believe the creativity going on. Uh -huh. And uh, then one day I posted one of my drawings and somebody said, well, that's really cool. And 
Have you heard of Troika? That was yeah. actually what somebody asked me. Uh-huh. And that was actually the very first uh-huh. book I bought was Troika. And I'd never seen anything like that before. I was so, I just flipped through it endlessly. I thought it was so rad. Yeah. It's got and some that was it. Idea. And then I just never stopped looking at stuff. How long have you been working with traditional artwork? My whole life. Um, I did go to art school, so I got a, I have a degree in fine art, I guess, for whatever that's worth. <laughs> nice. Um, so, yeah, I've been doing that for quite a while, though. Okay. Uh, I was pretty much obsessed with it for years. What kind of stuff um, were you doing before uh, you started doing the fantasy route? Yeah, uh, I was real. I'm my favorite area of painting is contemporary European art. Mm-hmm. So I'm really obsessed with painters like Gerhard Richter, Luke Toymans, uh, Mama Anderson's probably my favorite painter. Victor Mann, he's an awesome Romanian artist. Um, so like really weird European painters and stuff is really where I'm at. Kai Altoff. Um, so that's where I come from. Is like this real contemporary art. Vibe. So I've looked at tens and tens of thousands of paintings, studied painters and artists. How are you introduced uh, to these artists? Well, you know, in art school, you just start looking at stuff. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's a, a breakthrough publication came out called Vitamin D back mm-hmm. in the early 2000s. And it was like a giant, beautifully produced hardcover compendium of hundred or more contemporary artists mm-hmm. with about four to five plates by each of them. And me and all my friends were like, whoa, this, the world's way bigger. And I never stopped, man. I just got obsessed. That's what I tend to do. You know, I, I flew to Europe and like went to this famous art factory in Leipzig that a lot of these artists I like worked at, see if I could meet one of them or not and saw where some of them worked. And like, I just, I really got into it. And, um, so I was making a lot of my own paintings were like photographic based. So the first show I did was 16 paintings, acrylic on canvas with like projected photographs I found on the wall is all about spiritualism and world war one. Hmm. So like I did a trench map and I did all these like weird photographs of like ectoplasm and like haunted landscapes and like people moving through landscapes and stuff. Nice. And so I was just really in, in into that so it's kind of like occultism without all the symbols and stuff i guess (laughs) i just found that really fascinating and uh that show was called there was no sound that was my very first show and then uh, you seem to be a fan of trying different medias totally i noticed a lot of ink and gouache and i saw some fabric work which was pretty interesting yeah that that comes from studying anselm kiefer he's a german contemporary artist and he'll like make these like 25 foot paintings with dirt and Hmm. clothes and grass and seeds and lead and like real alchemic style paintings so real early on in my schooling i started like nailing chunks of wood to canvases and like did a lot of transfers at dumpster dive and find like all these old booklets and like rip out all these notes from like 1932 somebody had scrawled in there and like transfer them onto my canvases and like dump crap on them my department hated it but it was a lot of fun and so i never learned how to draw real well like i wasn't interested in that i just never knew how to illustrate 
I just wasn't a good draftsman ever, or a good painter for that matter. I like energy, I guess. <laughs> and um, and so that was like, I kind of skipped a lot of my training, <laughs> technical training anyway, and uh, just started looking at stuff I liked. The felt paintings came around about a year and a half ago. I was really bored and I was like, I got to do something. And I really love fabric. Uh, I don't sew or anything, but I love like weird costumes. And and I came across a National Geographic article about the wild men of Europe. Uh, one of the most uh, impactful things I've ever read in my life was this guy who went all over Europe documenting like these, um, I guess, sort of pagan-ish costumes people would wear for like uh, celebrations in Europe, like harvest celebrations. And these costumes were mind-boggling amazing. And now in hindsight, I realize they look like some of the best monsters in RPG fantasy games. Like people would be wearing like giant straw costumes with bells and rags hanging off of them to be like a bear or whatever, you know? And, and so I wanted to do that. So I started, I went to the store. I think I ripped up like an old punk t-shirt I had had. Um, and just like glued it on a canvas or something. And I was like, oh, and then the felt kind of clicked. And I just, one day I spent like six hours cutting strips of felt and used a whole bottle of matte medium and glued it onto a canvas. And then uh, from then on out, that's what I just did for about a year. Super tedious, really expensive, um, really big. Like the biggest one I did was like four and a half by three foot or five foot by four foot or something. Um, so I'd like put it on the ironing board and stand up at two in the morning and like glue crap to it. Anyway, sorry. That's, (laughs) that's where I came from. Is anyone Uh, else in your family artistic? Yeah. My, um, my mom, mom grew up doing a bunch of artsy stuff. She'd like watch Bob Ross paint. (laughs) And like do ceramics it's totally layman's midwest like hobby art stuff and then my dad was a welder he would models every night so i was constantly surrounded by him making things and my grandfather was a leather worker so i would help him make stuff cut leather and sharpen his knives and glue stuff so i've always been gluing and making stuff since i was real young did you have anyone who like really encouraged your artistic endeavors? I suppose my mother mostly did that. Um, my old man told me not to do art. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was just um, my mom, I guess, in a little bit. But um, mostly it was my own interests. I just decided to make pictures. That's what I like to do. It's how I respond to the world around me. I don't interact with people terribly well, so pictures and books is how I get by. I've noticed lately you're doing a lot of uh, black and white, like, ink work and, like, a lot of gouache. Uh, Do you have any preferred tools that you really like working with? Uh, Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I've only ever painted with acrylic paint. That's the only thing I've ever used. And then uh, I got some gouaches to try out something once, and they go on real beautifully, especially if you get quality gouache. And I'd never seen a black that black before. Mm -hmm. Like, I had been painting with black acrylic on paper. Yeah. And it gets this weird sheen, but when gouache dries, it's so beautiful. It's mm-hmm. like velvet. And oh, yeah. uh, so I bought some nice gouaches, and I've not stopped using them since. They're just really fun to use. So, brush and gouache. 
And um, I was doing a lot of black and white. I did a lot of color early on. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that a lot of people publish with black and white. So I tried doing more, honestly, just so I could try and get published and make get paid yeah. occasionally. Uh, I've been unemployed for quite a while now, so um, for various reasons. So, you know, I thought, oh, my, I could help my poor wife out yeah. if I try to sell a drawing or two. So I um, started doing more black and white. And now I'll do whatever I want and just make whatever I want because it's fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I noticed you have like images that people can use on your Patreon, correct? Yeah, yeah, I put a lot on there, I think, I hope. What uh, inspired you to be so generous? Am I being best generous? Oh, that's great to hear. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, what, 250 a month, and you anyone can use any of your images that are on there? On right? the Patreon, yeah, there's quite a bit. I put, like, a castle pack and decorative packs. I, I don't know. I guess I just... my So the very first thing I ever did when I got into the art world was created in a co-op art gallery hmm. in my small town. I got a bunch of people together, and I asked my school department to do it, and they wouldn't. So when I graduated, I went and got seven other people and bought this place and ripped everything out, painted it, put in track lighting. And we put on like eight shows in 12 months at that space, and it was the best attended gallery in my city. Wow. And it was all this cool wow. art, like really cool stuff nobody ever got to show. And that was, to this day, one of the things I'm most proud of in my whole life. And it was really cool. And at the same time, I worked for the art museum and I created a college night event and gave a whole bunch of college kids their first exhibition at a museum. Um, and I think that's part of how I do things. Like, I just, I love sharing. I'm like a super enthusiastic dude. So I love sharing. And, and that's when I got into the scene. I was like, oh my God, people are publishing this games for free or... I would never be able to afford these things, but these people were sharing. And so my Patreon, I guess, is an extension of trying to just be, give back, be part of that. I mean, I hope people find it generous. I mean, some of my patrons have made really rad stuff already using some of those images. I'm really stoked about that. It makes me happy. Um, I don't know. I think it, the whole scene jives with how I have always done things. Um, and I've written a number of book reviews. I used to be really into literature, so I published a bunch of book reviews and wrote essays and stuff. And now I've, I've written multiple reviews on games on my blog for like small indie games. So I don't know, I guess sharing, helping is how it should be. That's a long answer, sorry. No, that's fine. Speaking of games, You've created a card-based uh, RPG system called Draw RPG. Can you tell us more about that? Uh, yeah. I guess that was me trying to just do what everybody else is doing and, like, learning how to play by making, you know? So, and everybody does dice. And so I thought card game would be cool. Mm. Um, I don't know, because if you had one deck of cards, you could go on a road trip. I've traveled a whole bunch of my life, so, like, one deck of cards in your back pocket a book in the other back pocket and you're good, mm -hmm. you know? And so, yeah, that's kind of, that's really in development still. I'm, I'm currently rewriting it to turn it into a, an, I got a bunch of feedback. Um, it's based on like uh, 30 years war type era of Europe, 1600s. 
but pretending all the poetry by like Don and Alexander Pope and Dante really happened and angels and demons really exist and alchemy is a real thing and that's the vibe I'm going for. So it borrows a lot from Troika. It borrows from like weird stuff, but it's also rooted in kind of gritty, you know, Inquisition Europe and stuff like that. Yeah. Of which, uh, what other forms of media do you pull inspiration from? Everything. Everything. <laughs> Everything. No, I know that sounds ridiculous. I I check out thirty books at a time. I watch a lot of film. I watch a lot of TV. Uh, I don't distinguish between campy and you know. I'll watch a seven-hour film from a European person and then watch like BBC historical fiction TV. I like it all. Uh, what are some of your favorite um, films? Let's see. I really love that movie field in England that, uh, came out a couple years ago. Did you see that? That, that was, was really awesome. awesome. Um, the name slips my mind now. It's based off of the novel melancholy of resistance by Laszlo Krasnohorka. Bellatar turned it into a film. Same guy who made Satan Tango, but I don't remember the name of the film, but that's one of my all-time favorite films. There's a great scene in the beginning where a guy like illustrates the cosmos with a bunch of drunken peasants in a bar. <laughs> and it's one of the most beautiful 15 minutes in any film I've ever seen ever. Uh, I love The Seventh Seal. Um, it's a really great movie. Yeah. Oh, Moon is one of my all-time favorite movies. I love Another Earth. That's a great film if you haven't seen it. Um, so yeah, I like kind of sci-fi stuff, I guess. Would you be potentially working on any sci-fi style artwork for any projects in the future? Man, I'd love to do that. I'm not good at drawing like machines and architecture. I really, there's some artists out there that are just masters at that. See, the name slips me now, but the artist who draws for Mothership, who did a lot of those portraits, were I find just totally amazing mm -hmm. i could never do that i don't have the skills for that uh, but yeah short answer is i'd love to do that that'd be awesome yeah i think uh, yeah. your artwork has a certain like organic quality that i think would be really interesting in a sci-fi kind of setting oh thank you that's really nice of you to say i love forests that's probably my biggest inspiration so forests and castles um yeah i live out in the woods so i definitely understand that <laughs> Oh, I envy that. Where in the world are you? <laughs> I'm in the Midwest currently. Nice. Uh, yeah, I grew up but, uh, in the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah, I've lived in Colorado and Oregon and Europe, so I've kind of been around. That sounds yeah. like a lot of great places, especially the Midwest. <laughs> but yeah, I'm in upstate New York now. Oh, man. Yeah. I did a road trip like a few years ago for six months cross country. And I almost stayed in upstate New York. It was so awesome. Catskills. And it's beautiful. It looks like a place you could spend your life at. Definitely. You're lucky. <laughs> Do you have any artists that you'd like to recommend to our listeners? A lot of people in the scene know a lot of the great illustrators. Um, the first probably illustrator I really began looking at tonight was actually your first guest, LFSR. Um, I just, I saw those and I was like, oh, because of the landscapes. And you'd mentioned that in your interview. I, I love landscapes yeah. uh, quite a bit. So 
his work's some of the best that I've looked at a lot. There's this artist I follow on Instagram, uh, Graham Cranfield, makes these really strange like color marker drawings. I, I, I just think they're really amazing. Subterranean Ocean Survey does these like super obsessive line drawings. I don't know. I wish I could do that. Like those are, I find those stunning because there's got to be a million more marks in those drawings. And yeah. They're really amazing. Um, there's a guy, Joachim Drescher. He, he does really great illustrations. And then for like European artists, go check out Mama Anderson. She's totally stunning. I flew New York once to meet her because she lived in Sweden and, and I got to see her paintings in person. I was just floored. I had never seen anything like them before. Uh, Victor Mann, he's a Romanian artist, does these like weird installation paintings. So good. Um, Joachim Nordstrom does all these cool pencil collages. These people will blow you away and I think they should all be in RPGs. Um, <laughs> I think I'm looking forward to them being, people like that being published someday. So that's kind of a lot of stuff I look at. Um, But yeah, I also want to hear about Dreadfort. Dreadfort started as a business card for the business card jam that was Mm -hmm. last month, which there's great stuff on there. If you you haven't checked out the business card jam, it's amazing. Uh, and I um, made Dread Ford. I had that painting of like this mountain king guy that I've always really loved. Yeah. And it's like red with a spike helmed knight guy. And I got out my big compendium of Henri Michaud book, which is like a, he was a surrealist guy who did a bunch of speed and did like a bunch of crazy gesture drawings. And uh, basically, I flipped through that book and just put my finger on words and just started writing weird texts sort of based off of his texts in a lot of ways, like chapter headings or bits of poetry. And then, and then trying to fuse it with some fantasy. So, like, you know, I don't know, things like dragons that cry tears of mercury and weird stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. It got kind of dark and then... Then I turned it into a pamphlet and expanded that section on the back and drew a map for it with Encounter and turned it into like a little adventure and drew my own map for it inside, which is needs a lot of work. I mean, I'm trying to redraw the map, but that's a hard skill in its own right. And I think it's pretty cool. It's like fun. It's just like a little adventure where people, you know, you go through this mountain, so you go through the streets. It's based off of Marburg, which is this medieval town in Germany. The Brothers Grimm studied, hmm. and I had this experience in Marburg one night walking through. It was really misty and late and dark, and my wife and I were walking through town, and then we heard a choir singing, and the town's kind of tiered, like a lot of those old towns are, and we could hear this, and we followed it through the windy alley and streets and came to this church and watched choir practice at like 10 p.m., and this, it was just wicked, and that's always like haunted me, so then I turned Drake Fort into like that. <laughs> But instead of a choir, there's like this awful stuff going on. What are you working on now? I'm doing a couple of little commissions here and there for people. Um, I just finished one for a really cool guy who makes content for solo players called RPG Tips. So I just made a little drawing for one of his things he's working on. Um, And some other various little projects. And then I don't know if I can talk about it quite yet or not, but I just signed on to do a really, really big project that's going to take all my energy over the next three months to do. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. 
and uh, I'm trying to finish a module that I began writing for Cairn. If you haven't seen Cairn, mm-hmm. really awesome game, like Into the Odd Fantasy, Forest Fantasy by Yoshigel. So I've been illustrating like beasts and stuff for Bestiary for that, and I'm trying to write a module, but I'm not a good writer, so it's taking me a long time. But I'm doing all the illustrations for it and all the hex map and all that stuff. And it's got some cool stuff, I think. Where can people keep tabs on, on what you're up to? I tend to be on Twitter quite a bit, I guess. Um, I just joined Twitter for the first time, like, this year in my life. And I was amazed at how cool it can be. And now I'm learning how awful it can be at the same time. <laughs> yeah. But um, I tend to post on there a lot under Perplexing Ruins. And then I have an Instagram under the same. And I probably post too frequently, but... Um, when I decided to join this scene, I just got so excited that I'm just always like happy to share stuff. <laughs> so uh, it's probably not super slick, but I'm posting a lot, maybe almost daily, a drawing a day if I can. Wow. And then I have a website. I just built a website, perplexingruins.com, with all my portfolio. And then I have a blog, uh, perplexingruins.blogspot. And I write reviews there. I'm always trying to share other people's work and talk about other people's work and then show my stuff too because it's fun. Yeah, I've noticed you have a lot of pictures of um, games you're playing on your Instagram. What would you recommend on the spot if somebody is looking for a new game to play? Well, Karen is a great game. Uh, Karen's really easy to pick up, real easy to run and do. Uh, that's a fun game. One of the games I've been seriously most impressed with, and I try to pick up everything this person puts out, is Vaults of Varn. It's like a dying earth, desert, sci-fi, post-apoc mashup game. And that guy's doing all of his own stuff, and it's amazing. Like He puts out a great... He's put out two zines so far. And then another one I really love is Rogueland by Caverns of Heresy. Uh, it's got like all these tables and tools. So as a solo player, as a person new to RPGs, I think it's one of the best products you can pick up actually. Just because it like he like condensed all these important components into a short zine, so people can run it without you know reading 300 pages or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's not just tables. Like there's rules for exploration and stuff. So I really love that one. So those those three, and then. Um, one of my favorites that I wrote about real early on is Weird North by Jim Parkin. Uh, just because it's a different tone and it has some really great character generation stuff going on that I love. So I'd recommend those. Is there anything you'd like to add as we close out this interview? Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I have a lot of fun. I like joined this scene completely on a whim and then was blown away by like the generosity and the creativity and the gusto. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of, I feel like I'm becoming an old guy. So (laughs) it like gave me a new um, way to direct a lot of my interest and energy. And I'm so happy and grateful for it. So I don't know, be generous and share stuff and I don't know, that kind of thing, I guess. Well, I'd say that's a, pretty positive uh, message to close on. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to thank you for being on the show and uh, taking time out of your day to chat with me. Uh, it, was, oh, uh, it was a real quite pleasure. Fun. Thank you. Oh, yes, the pleasure's all mine. <laughs> all right, thanks again. Have a good night. Have a great day. Thanks. Yeah.
If you'd like to follow the show on social media, check out theartofadventurecast.com. And if you'd like to see some of my artwork, check out mactag.com. This has been the Art of Adventure podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you.